0: Here's John and Aaron. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Welcome into the Scotty, Johnny podcast. I am your not so humble host. And I say that I, with emphasis because every week I have to say that and it reminds you that my Twitter feed is at not so humble host. See, I put it really close together this time so everybody will remember it. And let me tell you <laughs> this. This is the Scotty, Johnny podcast. Do you know what? On Twitter, if you look for Scotty, Johnny pod, you're going to find us. You're going to find this podcast right there. Also, everybody, you may have heard a little giggle back there. That was Aaron Cheddar Talk Flottam. Aaron, do you, hey do you John, have a Twitter feed too? What's, what, do I do? What
1: do I have a Twitter feed? I do. Yeah, I know. Uh, you, do. you can you can you can listen to it at Cheddar Talk. Oh, you man. can listen. I you said listen. listen. That's weird. You can read it at Cheddar Talk. <laughs> if you're He's start I mean, recording if, you're, his if you're seeing impaired, I'm sure there is a Twitter that involves some sort of hearing uh, <laughs> apparatus. If you would like, but yes, otherwise, yes, you can hear me at Cheddar Talk. I'm so loud
0: it's so fantastic i just want to have it oh by the way by the way we're getting video. into the
1: section where we're going to talk about the brewers uh i did uh so at the end of uh game five uh i recorded I, I have a little tinny sony radio that i listen to every brewers game on that's just like the radio i had growing up because that's how i listen to brewers game is on a little mono single speaker radio i recorded bob uecker signing off um because I was afraid that it was going to be the last time I ever heard it. So, um, Ugh,
0: that's
1: yeah, it's brain. crushing. Think about it. Like, one of these times, it's going to be the last time. So I, I've I've done that the last uh, couple seasons, and he keeps coming back uh, much to my joy. And uh, I love Euchre, and uh, it, it sucked that it had to end the way it did. But, uh, yeah, so that's my pinned post right now. So uh, if you want to go get that video. Uh, there
0: you are all right got cheddar talk <laughs> and i hopefully everybody will be hearing uh you know hearing cheddar talks tweets pretty soon i think that those should be anthologized in video yeah. form at some point that would make me very happy but anyhow thank you again everybody for joining us for this wonderful time where we're going to get together we're going to do a couple things here we've got this is this is a, a very you know it's, it's um it's like Star Wars. It's like Dune, which is coming out next week. And everyone should watch Dune. Cause, and everyone, before you watch that, you should go read the book because it's fantastic. It's one of my favorite books of all time. Um, okay. Well. It's it's so good. It's so good. But anyhow, we're going to have some death all right. and rebirth well, the, here. The,
1: the, original, the original Dune was not. I I never understood that movie.
0: Don't, I don't you know. dare. Maybe I- don't you maybe dare! I don't,
1: maybe I maybe I don't inhale enough drugs, John.
0: You should you should read the book because it's fantastic. The world building is that would
1: involve brilliant. that would involve reading, and I hate reading. And then
0: you should read the next ones. So you should read Children of Dune and Dune no, Dune Messiah. Well, it's Dune Messiah and Children it's, of Dune. It's all, it good. Sounds, it's all like, good.
1: sounds like it sounds like a Jim Gaffigan bit, but yeah, I know I uh, you it's know so
0: yeah.
1: So well, good. you should you should read the book, you know.
0: You know what I like about the movie? No reading. Yeah. No reading. No I know. Reading. I know. But <laughs> Yeah. I know I I, I,
1: I had to understand I have to figure out that Dune has got to be a good book. It's, I just that the the first movie I was lost. I don't know. And it's well like, the good thing is
0: they're gonna make this movie into two movies because oh, there's a God. ton of world building that goes on that you can't really explain in one movie. But anyhow, let's get back into actual sports. Um you know, and and we'll say that this is you know this is death and rebirth here. This this episode is death and rebirth. We are going to give you a requiem, you know, as we do for everything that hasn't been a buck season so far. Uh, well, only the one buck season. We do a requiem for the season. We're going to do a requiem for the Brewers. We're going to bury the twenty twenty one season uh, for as and, and remember it fondly as much as we can. Just, but then just we like are we going have, to be
1: just like we have for the forty years before gosh, 40 years prior.
0: Yeah, and then we're going to be giving you the rise the birth of the 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 new 2021 to 2022 seasons coming up first off for your nba champions your world champion milwaukee bucks first champion we've had since we've done this podcast regrettably but yeah we're, we're gonna be talking about this bucks team getting ready for that also a little update for getting ready for this badgers basketball season which is gonna be coming up here not too long and then into everything else that we've got ahead of us here so Let's uh let's get rolling right into it with what we like to call our main event. Starting things off with the main event. All right, main event. We're gonna do we're gonna do the end of the season for the Brewers, and we should have Wendy here. But I did not reach out to Wendy. She's been bouncing around watching a lot of playoff baseball, and uh, did not get in touch with her on this, unfortunately. And that's my fault, not hers. Obviously, she's still crying
1: in Atlanta. I think. To be perfectly honest, I don't.
0: I, I don't think she is. I think that knowing Wendy as well as we do, I think she's yeah. thankful for what the season was. I mean, we're we're all unhappy that this was a loss. <sighs> yeah, she, she was at those games in it. Atlanta because she's she's man. She's able to do those things, which is fantastic. Uh, we talked about no the kids. First. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it does help, doesn't it? It does nice. goes a long way. <laughs> it was it was a hard watch. Uh, the Brewers bats got really cold. Just. Very sadly, at the end of the year. And that really is just what happened. It's not, oh man, Stearns doesn't know how to put together a team. 95 wins later, yeah, he does. Uh, he has an idea what he's doing. Uh, the in season trades all worked. They basically yeah. all worked. Uh, bringing in Adonis, bringing in uh, Telez was fantastic. I mean, are you kidding me with that? Uh, yeah. Teles was 66% of our postseason
1: offense by himself.
0: Correct. He scored, we scored he, he six scored runs. Four he of four our six of runs. Yeah. With two swings of the bat. So, yeah. And, and one of them, just a monster blast in, in game four, game one, oh, well, game yeah. oh, one, and game, and game, four,
1: game was, four. Yeah, that
0: was huge. Yeah. Game two and game three. We didn't do anything, but game four got that big blast, got the Brewers ahead. Brewers immediately give up those two runs back. Uh mm-hmm. Brewers come right back and get two more runs. And the very next inning, And then very next, you know, bottom of that inning, give those runs right back. Uh, So it's four-four. And at the end, I mean, Council said it uh, probably best. What you had was Freddie Freeman and and Josh Hader, and it's best on best. And And this MVP
1: versus, yeah, um, maybe the reliever of the year. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so you got yourself that matchup of best on best, and this time their best won, and that was the end of the game and uh, because we didn't score anything after that anyhow
1: well and 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 think and everyone and and i i'm glad there wasn't a lot of flack about hater giving up that home run because he hadn't given up one since july pitchers okay, give so up so home right. runs and i mean it happens it's Fre- it's freddie freaking freeman you know like that dude's yeah. a really good ball player like if there's someone who's going to take hater deep it's going to be him or um yeah I'm not going to name off all the players that you know. I'm not going to say bore everybody with that. But I mean, Freddie Freeman's a really good player. And yeah. I mean, what's Atlanta doing now? Are they are they up 3-0 yet?
0: I don't know, and I don't care anymore. I don't want to watch the Braves. No, I don't
1: care either. But I just <laughs> can't I watch saw the that they might. I can't watch the Dodgers either.
0: I can't. The, yeah,
1: I I saw that Wong's Bong said that he'd get a, uh, a tattoo of uh, Atlanta's logo on his butt if they sweep the Dodgers. <laughs>
0: I like the, they said um, If you, they had a logo up and said if you if you take all the team's logos, you got Boston, the Dodgers, you know Atlanta and Houston. If you put all those logos in a row, it says blah, blah, which, yeah, which is absolutely this Final Four 100%.
1: Teams? I mean, think about it. We could add a championship series of the Rays versus uh, the Sox and the Brewers versus the Giants.
0: That would have been awesome. And even though
1: the Giants win all the time, they win about every, you know, this will be, you know, they won three World Series in the In, in the five 2010s. years. Yeah. Yeah, in five years with Mad Bomb and um company. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, how much more exciting yeah, would that have been? I mean, just four teams that, you know, three teams that usually aren't there and the Giants who w- weren't supposed to be this good. Instead, now we have the same cast of characters that we have every postseason and now nobody cares outside of those markets and baseball once again is not building its sport they are not building their sport they Mm -hmm. are instead now centralizing it all to the largest markets and and they couldn't be happier because they're making a, a, a a butt ton of money off of it but they're not growing it and as a matter of fact they're just ostracizing the midwest even more yeah, so, I mean,
0: Dodgers. LA is the second largest city. Houston is the fourth largest city, I believe, and fourth, fourth or fifth.
1: Like they're right yeah. there with San Francisco. Boston, yeah. in terms
0: of market size, is huge because it's New,
1: it's New England. It's it's yeah. it's yeah, the it's Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire, Connecticut, uh, Rhode Island, and Atlanta at is the floor. entire
0: South, basically. Yeah, and yeah. the
1: Braves are a huge and they, they're a big brand. Yeah, they really are. They're they're Southwest baseball because there is no other Southwest baseball East. because or just southeast excuse me yeah man i am off tonight man <laughs> they are south they i mean they're southeast baseball there's nobody there's nobody in the carolinas the, all the florida teams stink um well they well, don't have sorry, fans except for, except for tampa <laughs> they're not bad <laughs> they just don't have fans wrong yeah, yeah but as far as fans go i mean and they've been there i mean they had hank aaron they had warren spawn they had good players cool. and they built a heck of a brand and they had tbs you know uh, Turner pushing in, you know, yeah. they they were always on TV. They had the Maddox, Glavin, um, Smoltz, uh, Bill Wood combination, you know, stuff like that. They were in World Series games. They have the overly offensive tomahawk chop.
0: It I gets mean, even worse. When they shut off the lights, everybody puts on their cell phones and does the, the chop. How is that still a thing? Will, well, well, I mean, whatever. that's it's to true. be
1: expected from the state that relocated the entire Cherokee Nation after making a whole bunch of deals with them back. Yeah. In the, I will to get on that one. Yeah, sorry.
0: We're way off topic at this point. And the biggest thing is. Any... So the Brewers, Brewers. had a very um, good yes. season. Let's, let's talk about this. Brewers had a great season. The biggest things that, that really helped this team. I mean, if they hadn't lost and in, in, in the back part of that season, maybe that had helped a little bit. Um, they lost also um, you know, our boy Strong Mad for a section of the season as well. And they had. They were playing first base it was just hard to figure out. Made a couple of trades, but um,
1: it, it really, it really didn't make a difference when the postseason hit, though. Anyways, I mean, no. it really, it was kind of a nil, like zero loss. So
0: yeah, he was there, and Escobar over third, being able to have uh, Urias playing third as well, uh, taking some time there in the playoffs. Had some really good plays at third base to end innings um, in that game four too. So he he did well. He had a rough start to the year with several double error games um, and and just he stayed with it and played well, came back, hit better through the end of the season. Um, Having Adamus out there as well kind of helped take some of that pressure off. He didn't have to be a savior for us at any point. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what some of these guys can do, I guess, going forward. We'll look at that in a little bit. But I mean, having that come up and having Urias become more of a force as the season went on. His glove Mm -hmm. got better. We didn't have as many issues with him in the back half of the season. Obviously, when you talk about the season, I think, first off, the Adamas trade is one of the biggest things to happen in this team. The winning percentage before and after that trade is completely different. He brings a completely different feel. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Manny Pena, too, along with him, have that – because Pena is the guy who starts to hold, claws up, you know, I'm a Tiger thing because Pena so great. He's
1: the – uh, uh yeah, he's the uh um oh shoot, he he's played the left field for for the twins. Yeah, the guy who played uh left field for the twins and then for the angels for a while. I can't think of his or center field. He was a really good oh, yeah, yeah. center field. I know who you're
0: talking about. I'm just I can't I think about, about him out of hand, but I can Let's see it. his face. But
1: I mean that, that dude got employed for an extra f- three, four years at the end of his career because he could field, he couldn't hit. He could really never hit. But uh but he was the dude that that got people going and Pina's like that too. I mean, Pina's below the Mendoza line, but man, Pina gets it everything going and it'd be bringing Adamus too. Because that's the thing it's like with Yelich, and that's a whole other story, but anyway, it's <laughs> like Yelich isn't, he's quiet and doesn't get wild. I mean, and so you need lead and and Hater, while being you know, he comes out of the bullpen, you know. And our pitchers would have got some emotion to him, but I mean, yeah. you're not going to get it from the pitchers they're there once every five yeah, days, a, as a starter thing. and every other day as a reliever, you know, you need that on, and they just didn't have it at the beginning of the season. You had a little bit of, with Arcia, and that was about it. And oh. Pena, and it used to be, who's the guy we'd
0: always throw in as a reliever when it was a blowout. <laughs> oh yeah. Um jeez now you're just giving me this by the way the first one you're thinking of tory hunter tory um, hunter yeah ugh, shooting he went to the cubs uh after after he left us for a hot minute at least i can
1: see him carrying the gatorade jug in from center field <laughs> why is it escaping me right now
0: yeah no i don't um er- er- Hernan perez Hernan perez good job good pull john but like yeah, when he down. left
1: when he left he was in that role like that was that was he was that dude and but I mean he was also a backup too so to have yeah. your starting shortstop be the lifeblood and him and Colton Wong it, the relationship he's got with him and Eduardo Escobar and Pena and Urias I mean Urias kind of came out of his shell at the end of the season too there like personality wise and like they they get along you know and it's 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 it's, it's a good combo and it's it's gonna be interesting to see who they keep and who they let go this yeah. year so
0: It'll, yeah, it it'll, it'll be a strange thing to look at here. Fun thing I always remember is the, the in Minnesota, when they talk about Torrey Hunter, they remember there is no I in Torrey Hunter, or there is no me in Torrey Hunter, but there are two eyes, Two eyes, yes. Two <laughs> eyes. Um Biggest thing, of course, when you think about this team after, I mean, the Adamas trade is like the biggest kind of catalyst for how the season really takes shape, I think. But the, the biggest thing that makes this team go is, I mean, Corbin Burns and Woodruff and Peralta at the top of that, that pitching order. Mm-hmm. And then... Devin Williams without the broken hand, and then Hader at the back end. And Williams started off very slowly coming off the injury, but he really built back into who he was. And by the end, he was fairly dominant again. Played nothing in the playoffs, obviously. Um, Uh, Yet again. (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, it's... um, I was was going to say something
1: about Devin Williams, too, is that him busting his hand at the end of the season I think did a little bit more damage to the team's psyche than... I I think is really coming through because it was kind of a, I mean, this is just fan speculation. I have no idea what's actually happening, but you know, it's that whole thing. Everyone's arguing. You can't just necessarily always just flip that switch and get into playoff mode. You know, you gotta have, be on a little bit of a roll You can't be backing into the off season like the Brewers did. But I think that, I think that Devin Williams thing with the way it panned out and the way that it happened and then he didn't say anything and then it came out and here we are again. And now we have to, you were a big part of the offseason plan, which was going to be we were going to have to hold everybody to two or less runs, you know, uh, and then now you're not just I mean, just this kind of a state of distrust, especially from a guy who was rookie rookie of the year last year, right?
0: Yes. Yes, he was. Yeah.
1: Rookie of the year last year um, with the up and coming and just something that stupid, that absolutely stupid. And then just to cover it up too on top of it you know, for a couple days. And then in the midst of, you know, uh, getting swept by the Cardinals winning, sweeping the Mets and then getting swept by the Dodgers to end the season. (laughs) um, I I think it, it might've taken a little bit more of a toll. You know, this is complete hyperbole, but uh, because it has nothing to do with anything. And this has to do with the death. Remember the Packers when Philbin lost his son just before that playoff game against the giants and the Packers were amazingly good. They were 15 to one. They had the best offense. Rogers was peak Rogers and they came out and they just, they just laid an egg. And -hmm. it was like, well, where'd this come from? It's like, there was something major that happened behind the scenes. Like, and it's like I said, it's a little bit of a hyperbole because it's a very different instance, but I mean like just something like that can throw your team chemistry off. Like, well, like with everything else, like, you know, the way the season ended with so many losses and then to lose him on something so flukish and then to have Brett Suter not make the playoff roster because he's hurt, you know, that's two big parts here, bullpen, you know, yeah. and just, and to say the pitching was a problem in the playoffs is not, it wasn't. They they, they didn't, get, they gave up five runs in one game. Otherwise they were pretty good. Like most teams should have won those games. But yeah,
0: yeah still it was, the Brewers got phenomenal pitching out of out of this team, and they got the ability to stay in a lot of games even when the the hitting wasn't working. And there were good stretches where the hitting really was working. And for phenomenal stretches of time, I mean, the, I guess the biggest thing that really got me feeling like that had a lot of hope in this last playoff stretch was, I mean, they went one to one at home, and I was like, "Well, they're better on the road, anyhow, right?" Like this team set the team record for most wins on the road. Mm-hmm. Um and didn't set the record for most wins cuz they really kind of stumbled down the stretch and they really should have i mean they just needed to have a fifth a 500 record in the last 10 games and they would have had it but yeah just just couldn't quite couldn't quite get get the bats around at that time and uh yeah that's the thing that really ended the season for them in this in this regard and that's that was very frustrating to see so yeah i don't it was, know
1: it was, I just... it was it was a, a season sandwich with really dry bread <laughs> and really good stuff in the middle, is what it okay. was. Because they they were the same way in the playoffs they were in May. This is the same thing we were. I mean, there's a reason why they had a team batting average of 250, and it was still from like I, just like a second talking about on the other podcast about the Packers. They started off so bad that I mean Manny Pena batting 190 was a big deal because at one point he was batting 110, yeah, or 120 or something like that. Just some ridiculous number. I mean, like you know and multiple players under the Mendoza line in May. And, you know, just that's the other thing. It's like, are we really surprised that a team that has a bet? Avi was in the 270s. And besides that, like everybody else was, even the good players, Wong and Adamas and (sighs) Yelich, were all in like the 250s. Like, you're not going to win a World Series with people batting two fifty. Sorry, it doesn't work that way. You got to have at least one hitter on your team. So Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, it just didn't uh it was not the year that they that they well, they were projected at the beginning of the season uh, as we talked about as probably being a division champion and they won the division, which is a, a fantastic thing for a team that was the basically the low well they were the second lowest spending team in this conference because the, you know the Pirates didn't spend anything because they're they're <laughs> stuck in a we tr- we thought we were close. A couple, like two, three years ago, and they made a bunch of big then, trades. Then we,
1: then we signed Chris. Then we signed Chris Archer.
0: <laughs> yeah, they went out and got Archer, and yeah, that that really just kind of killed what they had there. So, um, and and it meant that they traded away a lot of the talent they had underneath, and they didn't they didn't have much else to go with at that point. So, yeah, rough times in that regard for them. But I mean, the Brewers still. Have some decent chances here, and looking forward on this team. Just there's a lot of teams going. There's a lot of players on this team who are going into arbitration. So here's here's the. I mean, arbitration, which just means they can decide that you know the arbitrators can decide that they should be paid more. Mm -hmm. Um, Josh Hader. These are the numbers we're talking about. Likely something like 10 million. Uh, Brandon Woodruff, something around 7.1. Omar Narvaez, Corbin Burns, Willie Adamas. Uh, they're looking at $4 million there. Uh, Luis Urias, Brent Suter, Adrian Hauser, uh, Eric Lauer, Daniel Vogelbach, <laughs> Rowdy Tellez, uh Jace Peterson, who my son has declared to be the, the, the greatest player ever. Um, okay. Mostly mockingly, I think, in, in that he likes okay, him. Good. He likes okay. him. He's one of those guys who's like, I really like him. He's got some good things going. He's always like... Here it comes. And you know, but he, he doesn't actually think he's better than anyone else. Um McMail and Gendel Gustave. So I mean like there's there's a bunch of big names there, but I mean that's it. It's those mm-hmm. guys, I mean, like you're saying arbitration, not not a mediation, not like we're trying to do like they're just going into arbitration for salary they're gonna get. A lot of these guys are still going to be team control, basically. If you pay mm-hmm. the arbitration amount, or you do something and avoid arbitration. But if you still come back next year, you still have Hayter. You still have Woodruff. You still have Narvaez, Burns, Adamus, Lauer, Urias, Hauser, you know, Telez, uh, and, and Peterson off the bench, too. That's still was a very going, good
1: team. Yeah, no, I was actually going to say, I think the one that's probably not going to be here is probably going to be um, Escobar, just because I think yeah. he, he kind of comes across as more of a rental. Do we still have, I mean, his contract's done this year, right? He was rental. I or believe did he he's still, up. Um, yeah, and and with Urias there, like I really don't think I I really think that the infield is going to be Urias at third, uh, Adonis Wong, and then the one person that I really think they should bring back and and that's that's Rowdy, and it's not just because of what he did in the playoffs. We haven't had a, like a, a good true first baseman. Um, I mean, you could say Jesus Aguilar was for a season, but I mean. And then he had a bad year. The next year and was gone. Uh, Thames was fun for a little while,
0: mm-hmm.
1: more more or less because he looked like a WWF wrestler yeah, at home plate. <laughs> Sorry, WWE. WWE yes. now. Yep. It's only it's only been that for thirty years now. Aaron, get it together. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, but yeah. So, uh, I I, I, I Rowdy Tellez is a true first baseman. Yeah. Um, The fact that him, you know, and I'd like to say just bring back him and Vogelbach, which is problematic because they're both left handed, um, both left handed hitters. um, But I mean, I I think I I would like to have a true first baseman again. And he played well enough down the stretch when he wasn't hurt that I, I think if you were to give him a full season, he'd probably be a good 265 hitter. 35 home runs 90 rbis 30 35 home runs 90 rbis and just be yeah. a good power hitting first baseman which like i said since we haven't had one since prince yeah. you know jesus wasn't even a power hitting first baseman he was a good hitting first baseman but <laughs> yeah. he wasn't a power hitting first baseman you know and thames when he or thames would he get a hold of it mm-hmm, yeah. was but Could you know be. he was also he was also problematic and uh but yeah he so I'd like to see Tellus back. I really would. I, and yes, just defensively, uh, offensively, uh, the fact that he's uh, the white Bobby Portis who plays for the Brewers. Um, <laughs> you know, if they would have won that series, he probably would be pushing Bobby Portis for, because people are more hungry for a Brewers world series than they were for a Bucks championship. Um, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he's uh, yeah, he would have been right there with Bobby Portis. They, he he probably already has T-shirts that say "Rowdy, Rowdy, Rowdy" on them. So, but...
0: <laughs> that, that might be entirely true. And also, too,
1: so the other couple of things, I hate Jock Peterson. He is the biggest Brewer killer of them all. Yeah, I hate you, Jock. I hate you, Jock. I hate you, Jock. Uh, not really, but just baseball fan-wise. And then Stearns getting shot. It looks like Stearns got denied being able – to uh, they denied uh, the Mets to talk to Stearns. Uh, Anastasio denied that. So I don't think he's moving. But that was also an off-season move that could have happened against the Brewers it was uh sober david turns uh going to
0: the bats so. <laughs> all right all right so that is effectively the end of our brewers coverage for this year we'll come back once they start getting back in spring training see how they do i guess the other thing that'll be interesting to watch going forward is man what's going to happen with keston here he's gonna be an interesting thing to see what, what goes on there with colton wong coming back and what are you going to do with him uh they got control I mean, of him for a little bit so we'll see what they do Right, and we
1: already said, too, it was funny that Kesson Hira was still up on all the banners around the stadium at, throughout the whole season, too. Um, Yeah, and like I just said, like Eduardo Escobar, you can let him go, even though he was a nice piece. Um, But, I mean, yeah, and that's because, yeah, where are you going to put Kesson Hira?
0: Yeah. Where? you
1: we'll can't. He can't play third. He can't play shortstop. He can play second and first, and that's it.
0: All right. So let's get right into talking about. The NBA champion, Milwaukee Bucks. Yo! Woo! Milwaukee Bucks. It's going to be fantastic. Um, we talked a little bit about the the whatever, team day. Uh, the, one of the best things is everybody counting down to like um, uh, Marazan and some of the other guys we follow who do a lot of Bucks talk. The, the idea that the Bucks are going to get their rings in front of the Nets yeah. <laughs> makes me so happy. That James so Harden is going to be sitting there courtside to watch you know, all these players get their rings. I mean, Durant has one, but I mean, James Harden's gonna sit there and just watch this happen in front of you. Him. You know, you know what's you so know it's catching good. up
1: to my love of watching the Packers
0: <laughs> beat the Bears. Um, the Bucks beat James Harden. It's yeah. getting there. Oh, I'm on. It's top. like I'm, I'm yeah, all for it. it's,
1: it's, yeah, all the time. It's the gonna
0: time. be good. That's a very, I mean, that's a rough opening game. Uh, we'll say that the Bucks are favored right now. The money line is a uh, minus uh, one fifteen on the Bucks. So, I mean, that's not, I mean, the spread is one point. Uh, NBA spreads are crazy. You should be betting money line, not spreads in an NBA game, I think. But that's just me. Uh, yeah, that's going to be an interesting one. I got the Bucks winning it, but that's just, you know, that kind of atmosphere, that kind of start, that's going to be an interesting thing here. Bobby Portis is listed as out, though. That's concerning. Kyrie Irving listed as out. Uh, and this would be a game in Milwaukee, so he's allowed to play. He's not allowed to that's, play in the city of New York, which is going to be a, an interesting thing too. I,
1: I I said it all last year too, John. You know when you have uh, the king of the whiners, <laughs> in James. Well, the the king of the 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 burner Twitter accounts, just soft skinned, can't take criticism, sheltered, spoiled, AA AU basketball players and Kevin Durant leading a <laughs> band of misfits that include uh Flat Earth or Kyrie Irving and perpetually whining James Harden king of the flop and then you bring in Blake Griffin <laughs> and, and you put and all the other pieces you put them all on one team i said it's it's just a matter of time before they explode and the fact that Kevin Durant Kevin Durant st- st- Still, best basketball player on the planet. I say that knowing full well that Giannis is our guy. Uh, Kevin Durant is ridiculous. I, I saw him with my own eyes a couple times last year, and he, he does things Giannis can't do. Giannis does things he can't do too, but uh, Kevin Durant can. Uh, until he until Giannis scored the fifty burger in the finals, uh, I, I, I I bumped him right up to Kevin Durant after that. But uh, <laughs> um, so. Kevin Durant carried them to where they got to against the Bucks. Uh, James Harden was hurt. Kyrie Irving, whatever, and so uh, Kyrie was hurt too, I think. But either way, so yeah. when this whole thing came out that Kyrie Irving, because Kyrie Irving's the most selfish player in the league, like he doesn't give oh, it yeah. a rip about anybody except for himself and he's doing this and like if you ever if you've watched any of his press conferences like mm-hmm. he he doesn't even have he's not even trying to put up like anti-vax or uh false evidence or any real evidence for that matter um he's just doing this to do this yeah and, he's just weird which and he's the one with Kevin Durant that convinced Harden Harden to come there um yeah Harden's a nut job on top of it i it's just it's going to be i i I, I really think this team is going to so the one thing is that when when all that stuff happens, if if they can galvanize around each other, they might do like, hey, everyone hates this, blah, 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 and they're all just crazy enough that they'll they'll get it together long enough. But I really foresee this team just absolutely blowing up this year, just absolutely turning into a ball of fire and just smashing <laughs> into smashing into a wall.
0: It is very possible. That's that's an incredibly likely scenario, I think.
1: It's 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 the antithesis of the Bucks. The Bucks right. are run, the Bucks are led by a likable coach, a good owner, and a, a, a front man who puts family before everything else, appreciates what he has, appreciates the city that has taken him in, brings in people with love, treats his teammates like brothers versus the team of everyone who wants to get paid as much as possible, wants all the fame they can possibly get, put me in the biggest market. And it's all about me, 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 all the way home. It really <laughs> yeah. is. It's the the, yeah. the exact opposite, and that's what makes the Nets the Nets Bucks rivalry absolutely absolutely pleasant and watchable. Yeah. But I I am looking forward to watching the Nets just absolutely implode, just like the just like the seventy sixers have. So yeah,
0: okay. Sorry. So I mean, in terms of this this season. Essentially, it's very similar to last year. Brooke Lopez still listed as the starter uh, at mm-hmm. center, obviously. And Bobby Portis is going to come in and give them some time. I love this. Listed third on the death chart on ESPN at center is Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh nice. And then, oh, man, let's do this. Sandro Mamukelashvili. That was pretty good. I think I nailed that. Uh, he's the, th- the fourth center. <laughs> mm. So, uh, But, yeah, I mean, we're still talking about Drew Holiday, Dante DiVincenzo. Uh, Chris Middleton, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Brooke Lopez as the starters here. And we got George Hill coming in at either point or shooting guard, depending on situations. Um, the big ad really is saying Grayson Allen's your backup shooting guard, and we'll be the starter until DiVincenzo is really healthy enough to play, possibly, right? Mm-hmm. Right. I have mixed and obvious, feelings. And
1: obviously, obviously, the Bucks have found him promising because they just gave him a two-year $20 million extension before the season even started.
0: I'll say that I have mixed feelings on, on Grayson and Allen, and I know you're not mixed feelings on Grayson Allen. Um, I used
1: to hate him. Now I love him. He's part of the Bucks.
0: Get geez. over it. <laughs> I'm not rooting against him. I'm rooting for him. He's not going to yeah. be my favorite player. It's kind of like when, um, when Braun got caught that whole second time and realized how much he'd been lying to everybody. It's like, yeah, I'm still rooting for him to do great and I hope he's fantastic. He's not my favorite player and I'm not wearing his jersey. I just not. That's that's where I was and that's where I am. And I I mean I'll be full disclosure, Aaron. Full disclosure. Because yeah. it doesn't require any full disclosure. But I mean it's yeah. just I will tell you that I own one bucks jersey. Uh huh. It is my own name on the back and my number.
1: <laughs> so, so Barnett fifty two, right?
0: Fifty four.
1: 54 that's yeah. right you're
0: 54 i have i have sorry
1: ever since you changed your your uh twitter handle i forget what your number was
0: yeah i have i have several for memory no again full disclosure everybody um i wear i have i buy jerseys for my favorite teams and i put barnett 54 on them i have a bruins a boston bruins jersey barnett 54 i have um let's see a bucks jersey i have a packer jersey i have a brewer jersey i have a what are the other ones I have a a Badger football jersey. I have a I have a Badger hockey sweater, but there's no number on it. They don't sell them with the numbers on. It. I'd have to go pay somebody to add numbers to it. You can't what, buy them what, with the number added. But anyhow. what
1: what number what number was Bar- Nick Barnett for the Packers? 56. Fifty six. Fifty six. Yeah, just to you almost a you almost got like a really good deal there because you could have right. probably bought a whole bunch of 54 if he was number 54 you could have bought all those clearance but funds.
0: i already owned the 54 bardette <laughs> jersey before he was ever drafted it was, yeah it is what it is uh, so my feeling basically yeah. with grayson allen is I, I hope he does great i hope he just stops kicking mm-hmm. people in the nuts um i just i don't want him i to don't be think dirty. he's done
1: that since he left duke and that's shashevsky's fault <laughs>
0: uh, no um, I love Duke How much do you think we're going to see from Jordan Noir? That's the one, he's going to be an interesting piece a, a lot of people are very excited about him And the athleticism he can bring to this team He's definitely not cracking a top five On this team He's not going to be the first guy off this bench He's looking at coming in at the uh, the small forward And you mm-hmm. know he's going to be resting ESPN somehow has Pat Connington listed as the backup To Middleton I guess mm-hmm. that, that that basically is if you're going with a small lineup, yes, maybe. He's a second off the bench. But I think Noir is going to be that guy coming in there in that position more likely than not. It's an interesting setup. He, he's a younger guy. He's going to be interesting to see what he does here. What you're looking for with this Bucks team is, I mean, they're a championship-level team, and you look to see what did they do to stay there. Mm-hmm. And the thing they did to stay there is they brought in Grayson Allen. Right. And... You know, maybe somebody like Nora gets better. Maybe somebody like mm-hmm. DiVincenzo gets better. Maybe Grayson Allen kicks DiVincenzo out of there entirely and DiVincenzo gets mm-hmm. traded midseason.
1: Well, and, and here's what I was going to say before you even move on any further than that. The, the Bucks yeah. are doing a really good job of making sure that they're going to stay relevant in the international markets. Because with Nora being Nigerian-born, um, I thought of this one during the offseason too. Giannis being Greek, and bringing in that Europe market, uh, huge, yeah. With Thanassus,
0: obviously, and yeah, well,
1: and Thanasis is on the team too, as well. Um, and now, uh, Nora, he's uh, he's Nigerian, and then uh, who else did we have here? Uh, uh Mamu Kalashvili,
0: other, he, yeah, somebody yeah, that name <laughs> that you butchered earlier. I, I mean, nailed it, I nailed it by the way, Mamuk <laughs> Mamu Kalashvili they're doing a heck of a job
1: of being a very international team and yeah. uh and then and then Brooke Lopez is
0: he comes from he and then a white from, guy uh, from the south who kicks people in the nuts he,
1: he, he Brooke Lopez comes from the the collar the, the colony of, <laughs> of pop collar poppers I had to work on that one the whole way through, you know, but he gets that. No, I love Brooke Lopez. Him. Yeah. I, I was just talking to Pete about that uh, the other day about his game against the, 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 the sun, not the suns, the uh, Hawks, when Giannis was hurt and he went white shack on it and was just doing the double, <laughs> yeah, right. double handed dunks and just slamming it down. And he just took that game over. I love having him back, but no, with the addition of Grayson Allen, uh, um, between him, DiVincenzo and Connington, Um, They're all kind of the same player In different ways Like Obviously DiVincenzo can jump through the roof So can Connington Everyone forgets Connington can jump Um, DiVincenzo's really good at defense Uh, Connington's uh, good at defense And an uh, okay shooter Even though that wasn't there In game six of the finals But Grayson Allen uh, Is a good shooter And so I think The three of them in a combination um, Will be really good uh, I think it, it, they can all be played situationally too. So like, uh, the one thing that they, that was talked about throughout the playoffs was who's going to guard, you know, like, uh, Trey young, who was going to, that would have been DiVincenzo. I think if I remember correctly, what they were talking about, uh, yeah, during the finals, no. that, that would have been him, but since he was out, they couldn't. And so they had to use different combinations and, uh, yeah, I, I really like the addition of Grayson Allen. Uh, bringing George Hill back, too, I'm really okay with that. George Hill's got a, a very good presence about him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. O- okay. o- o- Jale, I mean, it's just, it's so deep. Like you're asking about, like, Nora, where's he going to be on this team? He's already buried nine deep. That's good, you know, because here we are again. Because we remember we went out and got Drew Holiday because we needed that playoff lineup. We needed the big three, you know, because. Two years ago, three years ago, we were super deep, but we didn't have that playoff lineup. Now we have that playoff lineup, right. and once you win that championship, now you can start keeping some veterans around that just want to hang around for a chance at a championship. uh a Bobby Portis sticking around and not going, uh, making a whole bunch of money anywhere else, you know. So, um, yeah, no, this team is. I we lost Tucker and who else did we lose? Did we lose anybody else? Uh, not
0: really no like i mean sorry about
1: putting you on the spot on that but they i mean like
0: they brought back basically all the initial starters from last year we brought in tucker to replace vincenzo and to play that spot and to get the defense but i mean i mean
1: mean, right now going you're an idiot you forgot about and i mean i mean if there's anybody it's
0: uh, i mean it's the top five plus portis plus connington plus i mean hmm. added you know george hill at this point and Noara. Those are guys that have been all brought back at this point, and then add in Grace and Allen, and we lost PJ Tucker. But I mean, that's where the where the trade off is, as you say at that point. Mm-hmm. So yeah,
1: yeah, and on, and honestly, you know, it's, it's like we talked about during the pregame too. With you know, PJ Tucker, he brought that bulldog mentality to the defense, and that's cool at all. Uh, the defense was good. I, i I, i'll take the outside shooter and what pj ended up making wasn't going to work for this team anyways good for him and uh pj is an older player too and and i wish him the best on the next team and i hope he has continued success you know i really do he did a lot for this team while he was here but he wasn't a scorer what we need is scorers and um you know this team plays that has their superstar is a hard-nosed defensive player so, yes, he was a bulldog, but you know what? We'll figure it out. And I, I'd much prefer getting a somewhat established shooter in Grayson Allen. And then just the other pieces around it, too. Like I said, getting George Hill back, that's solid, you know. So um, there you go.
0: All right. I still think this, I mean, there's no chance the Bucks don't win the the division, right? Do you see any chance that that doesn't happen? I mean, are, are, are the Pacers get any better? Uh... I don't see it. If they no, did, I don't I mean, see anything about it that would make me think there's just any chance of that. So,
1: oh, we lost Bryn Forbes. Oh no! Oh, that crushed my heart.
0: Oh man, that guy showed up and shot every fifth game. Um, I'm shocked. So, I mean, Chicago. What, what's, what's
1: funny is, what's funny is, I talked to Pete about it, and like during the regular season, he's like, "Yeah, shooters got to shoot. Shooters got to shoot." And then in the playoffs, he finally went, "Yeah, he can stop shooting at any point now because he, he's he can... no longer a shooter.
0: <laughs> Eventually, he stopped being like a shooter." It. And he's just a yeah. guy who throws the ball at the hoop a lot. And, yeah, he stopped being a, he stopped being a shooter and started being a bricklayer.
1: Yeah. That was part of the problem.
0: I mean, we got Cleveland, Detroit, Indiana, and Chicago. Not a single one of those teams particularly worries me. If I'm the Bucks, you say I'm going to have an automatic playoff bid, and I'm going to get ready to come back at it again. Um, oh, hey John, I got to correct myself. We straight up basically traded uh, uh, Jeff Teague for. Um, well, to George get Gris- Hill. Oh, George Hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm not worried Sorry, about that. That's that's fine too. Yep. It as far as the top five, which is the thing that I'm worried about in this team, and having, you know, your top couple guys, getting Portis and yeah, I mean having Hillback and all that going off the bench and then adding Grayson. That that that's what this team is going forward. And then possibly seeing Noara a little bit more this year and seeing how that goes. Yeah, it'd be interesting. We'll see how long they let Diffinento go with that leash because like we really talked about too much, but I mean, a two year agreement, a $20 million extension for Grayson Allen before he plays a game for the bucks. I mean, right. not immediately on the trade, but well, he must've He must, have, he
1: must have been doing something in the preseason here. Like we say, we don't pay attention to the regular season the NBA. I really don't pay attention we, to the preseason. Um, I'll watch it, but, but I mean, yeah, it's not. Yeah. I mean, he obviously, it obviously was something cause they didn't have to give him that extension. They did yeah. though. And so, I mean, it's, and you bring back the same team. Um, and, and you know what? I think I really do think that I still don't think Chris Middleton's reached his full potential. And I still don't think Drew Holiday is completely comfortable in this offense like <laughs> or in this team. Like, yeah. I mean, there was enough mistakes made down the road in the playoffs, especially like missed shots and everything else like that. Like, it was still his first season. He made the greatest pass on an alley oop ever. Oh, nope. Second second greatest. All star game when Steph Curry gave that bounce pass to All-star Giannis. Games. don't
0: count. Don't even do that crap to me because he's not always playing defense there. Don't no, I this. know,
1: but that was the greatest alley oop pass ever. But in a real game <laughs> situation, that uh the, the uh Drew to uh, uh Giannis was absolutely insane. It was fantastic. Um, yeah. Uh, but and at uh, a time where all he had to do was but, I mean the ball but out. I mean yeah. you gotta figure you gotta figure Drew's only gonna get better yep. with another season like And then Chris, I mean, I don't think Middleton is fully peaked yet. Like, I think he can still be better because there's games where he did take over. There are games where he went Kobe on it and just like absolutely was just Black Mamba draining everything. Yeah. you know complete hyperbole um yeah but <laughs> yeah yes um but <laughs> just just wear number eight uh yeah um but uh. but no honestly i think chris has i think i don't think chris has hit a ceiling yet and i honestly don't i don't think any of them have and mm. we thought this a couple of years ago too when they lost to the raptors that they hadn't hit the ceiling yet and the bubble year we just throw that out i i think that are still raw bucks team won the nba championship next year and that's why we should be excited about this team because they can still pull it together i mean bobby is in his second year now here he's not just a rental player he can actually have a purpose and a goal (laughs) you know and like you know and Divincenzo coming back another year pat connington in the offense you know yeah Yeah, everyone's getting older but they're getting better too so i i'm 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 very yeah. None of this. this
0: None of these players on this team are over the hill. All these are fairly anybody good window here.
1: And anybody who wanted to say that you know like Middleton couldn't couldn't do it or uh, Drew was overrated. I don't think anybody's ever said Drew's overrated, but um, they won a they won a championship. They did. So they've they've got that monkey off their back now too. That's the other thing is that. That that pressure of having to win it no matter what is gone. Like they've got some equity now, and when you have
0: equity, you can do things. You know, like it's fantastic. The Bucks this year sold out all of their season tickets. It's the first time they've ever done that. It said, uh, from what I was Mm -hmm. reading, Bucks um, the game tomorrow, Tuesday, October nineteenth, which may be today when you're listening to it. Um, Almost certainly will be at least today, if not yesterday. I mean, that game, I'm looking on ESPN, and what they have listed here is tickets as low as $108. Yes. Uh, that's the home game where they're all going to get their rings, and there's going to be banners and all that stuff. So I get that. I mean, you look at that, and it's going to be on TNT. They'll be playing Brooklyn. They're going to win that game. They're going to win that game because they, they're, they're going to put everything into that game. Um, Miami, then they're going to play three straight road games. Those tickets are, you can get a game, Miami, San Antonio, Indiana. And it is lowest low as $31, $14, $11. But then you could get tickets to watch them play in Minnesota for 15 bucks in, in, in Milwaukee? Minnesota? In Milwaukee, yeah. Oh. Hmm. So, yeah, that's interesting. I think that that's a good stretch here, though. A couple of road games, you'll get San Antonio away, you get them back home before the end of the month. By the end of the month, until the, uh, the, the Halloween game against Utah, every one of those games is extremely winnable. And then you get Utah at home. Which could be very good. Could be very good. Um, you... <laughs> but I mean, Utah's very, very good team. I mean, so that's that's a rough one. But yeah, I mean, there's a chance they can win every one of these one, two, three, four, five, six to start off with here. Right. Before they hey, play John, Utah. Yeah, yeah.
1: When you mentioned when you mentioned the Timberwolves and uh, how cheap the tickets were,
0: it reminded me of that
1: old common man joke. I, I, Somebody I... broke into my car and left two Timberwolves tickets on the <laughs> dashboard. <laughs>
0: yeah all right i see the bucks definitely they're getting the playoffs they're gonna be a top three seed in in this um I, i don't feel anything for the sixers anymore uh i think it's gonna be the nets and the bucks for the rest of the season boston seems to have just not really recovered what Kyrie did to that team right who else comes up in the east that's gonna be somebody that's gonna surprise us if you can think of anybody else i mean this is the biggest thing about the nba is there are very few surprises it's going to Miami be a
1: Miami, still got a good coach in Spolstra, so that's okay. Um, Atlanta,
0: Atlanta, uh, Toronto, yeah, Atlanta,
1: yeah, yeah, Atlanta. Um, I don't know. Do the Knicks this get better good, this year? This is a very good Pete question, but like, I, I, honest to God, like, I, I don't. It doesn't seem like anybody in the East got better. It seems like the West got better yet again. I feel like the Knicks
0: again, because they have Thibodeau, are going to be a good regular season team, and then go out in the first round of the playoffs.
1: Very, very Tom Thibodeau like though. That That is what he he,
0: does: is he burns out all of your starters, and then you get to the playoffs and lose.
1: And and I think, I think, I think, Horst and Budenhoser found a good mix of like because the one thing about the Bucks was you know like being the best regular season team didn't translate to being the best playoff team. And Giannis is a very smart dude. And so is horse. and so is Boonholder. Boonholder's just super smart too. Like people don't realize that. Like yeah. they sat and looked at like what LeBron's formula was for getting to the finals. Cause dude gets to the finals all the time. And, uh, you know, a little bit of Lakers, you know, like you don't have to be the number one seed as long as you're right. just not right. Five, six, seven, or eight. You I know, think you, know, if you having in, if you fall into 2 3 yeah. in that sweet spot right there so you're still you know and then if you have to play one away series against if the number 1 team makes it all the way through whoopity doo you know no big deal I think but, Spolstra in you know,
0: Miami and having Nurse in Toronto make them at least interesting as like in that mm-hmm. 3 through 5 spot but I really just, I mean, and and no. the Knicks, no, no, and and the 76
1: Sixers yeah. are are a disaster. They're just waiting to just at, light on fire. That's spe- speaking of another dumpster fire waiting to happen yeah. with with the whole off with Simmons, the off season with Simmons made Aaron Rodgers and the Packers look like um, <laughs> uh, a Beatrix Potter book. Like it really was <laughs> s- just <laughs> not absolutely nothing. It, look up Beatrix Potter. Everything. No, yeah,
0: you should. Uh, it's, it's fun. Yeah, you'll understand yeah. it
1: then. But I mean, like he didn't, he didn't, uh, he absolutely was like, "I'm never coming back to this. this team's trash." I mean, I don't know which I don't know which situation. So the two the two biggest obstacles in the East are the Seventy Sixers and the Nets. The We're Nets in the same have, division. The, the 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 Nets have me, 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 Kyrie Irvin.
0: Yeah, who can't
1: play home games? Who can't play home games? In his yeah already a dumpster fire and it's just trying to get the rest of the team lit up too and then uh and then at some point kevin durant's probably gonna have a mental breakdown
0: um atlanta's and- got a good team who had to fire their coach mid yeah. the season last year and then came on strong they're in a yeah. division with you know the magic the wizards and the horns and the, and the wizards are worse they're worse mm-hmm. than they were they've lost the i mean they had um ah what do you think was they? I mean, they had they had some stuff there they've traded all of it away they've lost every single thing from that team from like three years I, ago i'm, except gonna, for Bradley I'm not going to division
1: i'm not going to division i'm just going to go straight conference on this one i think Two, it's only like,
0: hawks Nets, the hawks, and the Bucks. the hawks
1: will be interesting he, he's he's a fun player um the 76ers are going to blow up the the nets are going to blow up boston might cobble together a team i i the Bucks are basically set in the driver's seat to be like the Patriots in the NFC West via, you know, <laughs> Prime Tom Brady right now. It's where it's just like, uh, all right, well, it's a weak we're gonna division. Super, yeah. we're gonna make the Super Bowl every year because, or we're gonna make the playoffs every year with a thirteen and three record because the Jets, Dolphins, and
0: so I think if you're going tiers, it would say like Hawks, Bucks, Nets in that first tier. And if you want to take a second tier, I'm gonna say Miami, the Celtics. And the Knicks, and that gets you six teams that I think are definitely going to make this playoff. And then you start saying, like, the Sixers, Raptors, and Magic, and Pacers in that next group. And I'm going to tell you that I don't think that Cleveland, Detroit, uh, Washington, or, or Charlotte have any chance at all in this group. But, I mean, it's going to be the top three teams that are going to get through and going to do something in this playoffs because the NBA is the most predictable league of any league because you know mm-hmm. who has players and you know who doesn't, and there's only five of them. Well, if you listen to the early part of this podcast, apparently Major League Baseball is super predictable too because
1: the four, same four teams keep making the uh, uh, championship series. But I anyhow. mean, to
0: a certain degree that's, that's true. <laughs> but, I mean, like teams like Tampa and Milwaukee can sneak through. And there's some. There's usually like there's one team that surprises you and can play 162 games really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, like in the NBA, we know that those those three teams I just named. I mean, they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah. They're going to be in the the final four in the East. And I don't know who the fourth will be, but next Nets, Bucks, Hawks are going to be in the final four. I'm calling hey, it now, hey John. Yeah, John. You know how I know I've reached Valhalla?
1: How? <laughs> oh. Because for the longest time. I, I mentioned this to one of my coworkers today. I call it fan hibernation okay. or, uh, and that's where you're a fan of a team. That was me with the Brewers through the early two thousands, late nineties. Like I went into fan hibernation. It's not bandwagon, but when your team's losing a hundred games a year, okay. you, 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 you listen to Euchre, you look at the stat sheets every once in a while. You're like, eh, great. Jesse Sexton hit another home run whatever. Great. <laughs> and so, and so it was the same way with the Bucks for a long time with me. Um, any Timberwolves fan up in Minnesota will know exactly what I'm talking about because it's been their entire existence. But like, um, but with the Bucks, it was just like I was a big fan when I was a kid. And we used to have a program at our library where if you read enough books in the summer, you would earn a ticket to a Bucks game. <laughs> and uh, dad would take me down. Dad hated basketball. But I would go watch dale ellis shoot threes you know like i loved it at the old bradley center and so we i'd make at least two or three bucks games a year as a kid when i was really young and the bucks were still somewhat relevant you know then it wasn't the 80s bucks with burkowski that were actually without the celtics might have been something but um, uh burkowski but i uh i uh Definitely, you know. I remember the Jack Sigma Dale Ellis, Bucks, and I remember watching Jordan play in a basketball game at Bradley Center against mm-hmm. the Bucks, right? And I was a Bucks because I was, I was, I was in eighth grade. I'm a f- sports fan; it's just oozing out of my pores, right? Well, then, you know, there wasn't a whole lot to cheer about with the Bucks for the longest time, so I kind of went into fan hibernation. Plus, I was up in Duluth, Minnesota, so you know, and and I, w- where was it going with this?
0: I'm right? not really sure. You were talking about sports hibernation. Hmm. I fell asleep then, which is a, uh, incredibly ironic. No, <laughs> no. What was it? Oh, dang it. I just uh,
1: train of thought just left me right there. When I said I Frank Bukowski, it took me so Frank much. Frank leads
0: everybody off, off pace. Oh, so that's but, fine.
1: <laughs> but, but yeah, so no. So back in those back back, let's go back to those fandom uh, hibernation days. And so you just look at these other teams and you'd go, how do they make the playoffs every single year? They're so good. <laughs> There's a hey John, yeah we as Bucks fans, that's our we've teams. arrived we've done it we've we did arrived it. we're right. here look at us look at us <laughs> after all those years right. and, and Pete's the biggest one of the bunch too because he never he never went into fan he never went into hibernation he 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 bore that because he, that that's his team and he loved it but uh, you know he, he didn't love it but he he loved that team the whole he way through the team. And it's like finally we're one of those teams where everyone's like. How on earth do they have someone so good? And they're lucky. in the playoffs every year, and they're yeah. always in contention. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's that that's knows. that's that's
0: all three of our teams, by the way. Yeah, so, right now. All right. Yeah. Hey, we're gonna cut through. I'm gonna go very quickly, if I can, through everything that we have in the portion of our show that we lovingly call our last call. Time to look around and get your bearings. It's time. For the last call. Okay, last call. We'll start off. We've got some fantastic volleyball as the Badgers went to Michigan. They went to the state of Michigan. They beat Michigan State three games to none. Then they beat Michigan three games to none. Uh, against Michigan State, it was a 25 20, 25 10, 25 18. 25-10, that's fantastic. Just killing in those second sets. Um, big plays, uh, Devin Robinson getting 10 kills. Dana Ratke, of course, up there with 9. And Grace Loberg, who we've mentioned several times before, 9. Uh, Ratke with 6 blocks. Sydney Hilly with 4. Uh, Julia Orzow, who I've been prom- mispronouncing it is Orzal, but it's Orzow because she's Polish. And the last letter is an L, an L, not an L which is fantastic. Mm. Um, and I've been watching them, so I've heard them say it several times now. But uh, Lauren <laughs> Barnes with 12 digs. Uh, Sidney uh, Hilly with uh, 34 assists. That's insane. That's an insane number. Uh, yeah, the Michigan number. State leader is Celia Cullen, who got 18. That's just crazy. Um, yeah, and against Michigan, then they come in uh, and, and beat them again. Three to nothing. Uh, get out blocked, again which is so weird no i'm sorry yeah no they did it again this time 11 to 6 it's weird how many times they get out blocked in these games where they're clearly the better team Uh, orzow gets 14 kills in the game against michigan uh with 12 uh, Lowberg with nine reki gets five blocks orzow with three has been fantastic in some of these things just an all-around player getting around there lauren barnes is one of the most incredible liberos I've ever seen. The the Libero that you know out there. She's the one in the different jersey. If you if you ever watch it, oh. that's what it's called. She's called a Libero. I thought you were
1: I thought you were bringing politics in the podcast for no,
0: the first time. No, I don't do that. Um but <laughs> no. she had thirteen digs in this one. Uh again, just her dig numbers are incredible. She is so athletic and good. Um, it's incredible to watch. Go watch Dana Ratki and Lauren Barnes and Julia Orzow and and um uh, Ooh, uh Grace Loberg just it's been fantastic. They're so good. They are so good. Uh top yeah, 3 and, team. And, and, and as we learned last week, don't get
1: your don't
0: get your tickets off SeatGeek for
1: uh, UW Badger uh volleyball. It's way too expensive. Just Correct. go right to the UW site.
0: They're 7-1 on uh, October 22nd, they will be playing Ohio State and uh yeah. look for that. Go see how that goes. All right. Uh in terms of staying with women's sports, women's hockey took uh both games against Minnesota Duluth incredibly uh the number seven ranked minnesota wow. duluth umd bulldogs uh, minnesota duluth got off to a two nothing start here uh they got two early goals from anna klein sarah was Woznie- uh, came right back with two goals of her own and then they just kind of went back and forth uh nicole lamantia uh got one minnesota answered well duluth wheeler got one maddie wheeler gets one Minnesota Duluth answers, and then Casey O'Brien from Daryl Watts for the game-winning goal. Sixteen twenty-three in uh, left in the game. Uh, that gets a five-four win. That's actually the the Sunday game. Uh, the game before they get a three-nothing win, I believe in that one. Uh, so they take two of them from the number seven-ranked Bulldogs. So that's. That's pretty fantastic for our team there. They're still number one ranked, still getting every single first place vote. I mean, that's a close game. They get to play uh, the upcoming games against the number two ranked Ohio State coming up this week. So that should be a fantastic set uh, as well. That's another great one to go out and see. It's going to be really fun to watch these games and, and see what the Badgers can do out there. Um, my, I'm definitely hoping they can win and stay in that first place spot. The Badgers played Army Maybe you've heard this one before because, you know, of course, football, but Wisconsin beat Army twice this weekend in men's hockey. Uh, the first one sounds like a blowout on Thursday night. It was a 4-1 to game, but there were two goals in the last minute, uh, both of which were shorthanded goals. It was a 2-1 game. That Army goalie, holy cow, was he standing on his head throughout most of that game because the Badgers kept throwing shots at him, but he, he really did stay in there and play a very good game. I mean, two of those goals don't count against him because he wasn't on the ice, um, but then they get a late goal, and it was a shorthanded goal to get a one-nothing win against Army on Friday night on the 15th. So Badgers move up to two and two. Oh, Army's uh, got a, Army's got a good hockey team. Well, they looked at least decent. They had a good goaltender. Uh, so, I mean, they didn't really get a lot of pressure. Goes, go,
1: goes, goes a long way to having a good team. So. It definitely hey, helps. Is, is that one of those situations, like when I was in high school and the softball team played Warehouser the same day we did, so we'd all share the bus? <laughs> Army had to share the bus with the football team?
0: I, I no? don't think so.
1: No, it doesn't work like that? Okay.
0: You and I know that the Army, they've got money. They can do what they want.
1: Yeah, but they'll put you on a bus to drive you from Wisconsin
0: to Florida, won't they, John? They definitely will. They definitely have. Uh, So that was definitely something that happened here. Um, Yeah. Uh, Going Uh into WIAC.
1: That is the greatest inside joke this podcast has ever had.
0: WIAC football. This week, the big matchup, of course, was UW-Whitewater versus UW-Oshkosh. The Titans of Oshkosh playing at Titan Stadium lost again. They now have lost to both Whitewater and Lacrosse. Lacrosse moving up to, I think, thirteenth overall in the nation. Whitewater stays at third. Um, <clears throat> Eau, Eau Claire, I'm trying to see. O'Claire drops to one and two. Oshkosh drops to one and two in conference as well. Uh, Oshkosh started the season as a top ten team, a perennial pro, uh, playoff team for the last several years. They're now one and two in conference and three and two overall. Um, lacrosse and Whitewater remain the only two undefeated teams in conference. Lacrosse, of course, five and one. Whitewater six and zero. Oh. The Platteville lacrosse game actually oddly close, as it was a, a one point game at the end. Whitewater absolutely destroys uh, Oshkosh, though, so that continues to be uh, what goes on here. Uh, moving forward to the next week, uh, Whitewater will be playing River Falls. Uh, lacrosse will be playing Stout. Oshkosh will play Eau Claire. Uh, Platteville will be playing Stevens Point and that will be what will be coming up in this next week so take a look out for that. Uh, hey John this... did, you, did you hear about the, that, that Platteville lacrosse game? It was
1: really close did you hear how <laughs> odd it was at the end?
0: No I missed that
1: unfortunately what So so lacrosse was winning what was it the final score is 24-23 right? Yep. 24-23 um, Platteville who is one of the worst teams in the WIAC And lacrosse, who's the best team in the WIAC, right? Is that correct?
0: Yeah, they're tied for best, at least.
1: Okay. So, Platteville had a chance to win the game, and they completed a ball down to the 10-yard line with 10 seconds left in the game with no timeouts. The quarterback ran up to the line, snapped the ball, and took a knee, and then started walking to the sideline. He brain farted and took a knee instead of spiking the ball. And by the time they got it all wrapped around, it was four zeros across the board that's so yeah so no they strange. had a legit shot like he said walking over because they were going to bring out the kicker for a, what would have been a 28 yarder basically Jeez. from the 10 yard line so yeah, Lacrosse escaped with from that one. That was that was a Basically, that was another one I heard on the way in this morning. Yeah, Lacrosse moves up because otherwise I would have no idea.
0: Lacrosse yeah. moves up one spot because John's Hopkins lost and fell down to 22 or 21, I think. So yeah, that's where that all falls out. Um, John's
1: Hopkins because why only have uh why, why only have uh Wait, what? What am I trying to say here? John? I don't
0: know. Johns Hopkins. Why well, just have two, one two, John? Two, you could two, have two. two.
1: Two, two plural names and one in one name. Yeah. Sorry. Two Johns,
0: two Hopkins. This two Johns, fantastic. two Hopkins. Is it John Hopkins? No, it's Johns Hopkins. He's John to Hopkins. Tell you all about COVID. Not one John Hopkins. It's two Johns and two mm-hmm. Hopkins.
1: It's like the difference between it's it's not uh two sergeant majors. It's two sergeants major. Fantastic.
0: All right, everybody. Yeah. Thank you again for joining us for another wonderful week of Wisconsin sports talk. We we put a lot out at here here in uh, two different podcasts this week. So make sure you listen to both. You got the one with the Packers and the the Badgers, and this one here. Uh, looking forward to so many wonderful things here coming forward. Uh, we got wonderful Bucks games. We got so many great things coming up in the next several months here so stick with us Uh, we're glad to have you with us thank you to all of our fans uh wisconsin the u.s and around the world remember you can follow the show at scony johnny pod you can follow me at not so humble host and you can follow aaron at chatter talk and remember whether you are on the town or on the go it is always on wisconsin and the
1: bears still suck
0: this has been the Scotty Johnny Podcast. Remember to find the boys on Twitter at johnny one or online at ScottyJohnny.com. Thanks for listening, and on Wisconsin.